0: Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian, joined as always by my good mate, Lockie. And there are a few big things to cover before we get right stuck into this show. Lockie, this is our official debut episode on the Blue Abroad YouTube channel. It's a big change for us in 2024. I'm absolutely buzzing. Lockie, how pumped are you about our debut on Blue Abroad and our new weekly show?
1: Mm-hmm. We're well, just reminiscing. The It's the fifth year mm. of doing this potty. Don't know where those years
0: have gone, plenty of ups, plenty (laughs) of downs, but um, I'm feeling like this is going to be the biggest one for sure. Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, those who are familiar with us may notice that the recording of this episode is a little different (laughs) and we apologise for the audio maybe not being as crisp as normal and what you're going to expect for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. Storms have ripped through Melbourne this afternoon, Lockie has no power, we've absolutely scrambled, which has meant that... (sighs) This is the way we're recording. He's in my room, which is actually really, really perfect. It's <laughs> Valentine's Day, so maybe that's what we needed something to like happen. Um, but we're, what is good about this, Lockie, is that we're actually in the same room as once. Normally we record separately, so I actually get to see you right here, which is always a little bit of fun. And look, with all the changes to the podcast now that we are on Blue Abroad on YouTube, just wanted to let you know what's going on, because if you're listening mm-hmm. to this in podcast form Not much will change. Don't worry about it. You still find the episodes in the exact same place that you always do. But if you want to watch us in video form, we will now be on the Blue Abroad YouTube channel every single Wednesday night. Links to everything, including our socials, will be in the show notes to make things easier for you. Um, And to those of you that are watching right now, potentially as well for the first time, thank you for joining us. Mm -hmm. We cannot wait to chat everything, Carlton, with you all throughout the year. Look, we've had our long-winded intro. You know I love them, Lockie. Oh, you're obsessed with And look, it's time to get into the good stuff. It's what we're all here for. It is our 2024 season preview and prediction show. Now, it would be remiss of us not to kick off into talking about two of probably the biggest news stories of the preseason so far. So, yeah, I need to get your thoughts and reactions to the unfortunate injuries to both Jacob Wiedering and Jack So Soss will be out for the year with an ACL, which is horrific. Mm -hmm. And Weeders at the moment looks set to miss the first two rounds with a calf injury. News tonight saying he's on track for round three. So I have to ask, Mm -hmm. how big a loss are those two? And I guess what was your reaction to the news when you heard it? Yeah, they definitely – it's both – it's massive news
1: Mm -hmm. for both, obviously, in their own ways. I think with the goals that we have as a club this year, any kind of long term injury like this, almost any player, just changes yeah. the whole dynamic and vibe. Even though Weathering and Sauce both have very different mm. kind of places in the team at this stage, I think the Sauce one is a big one. It's you know, there's lots of questions outstanding over the Ruck situation, yeah. for example. He's a piece of that equation that changes things up. Um, that third tall forward that we've mm. kind of been looking at for years and wondering who is going to be the guy to kind of step up and be that
0: mm. guy
1: week in and week out. It's not going to be him this season. And then Wiedering, of course, reigning JM medalist. Like, he's arguably the most important player of the team. Mm. I think lots of people yeah. would would make that case for him. So, thankfully, you're telling me, it, hopefully it's only <laughs> a few weeks. But... Yeah you know, we saw what that has done to players in the past. Like Walsh, when they don't get a full preseason, yeah. But Mm. it's going to give an opportunity to some guys that may not have seen a lot of time Mm. um, otherwise.
0: Yeah. Look, it's a big one and you never want injuries. I feel like every preseason we're talking about another injury. It's true. When it was, I guess, weiderings and it was, I mean, you say just a calf. Sometimes you don't know. I don't want to go super negative on it, but there are occasions where just a calf turns into a season sorry a career long mm. niggles with those soft tissue injuries hopefully that's not the case and i know Carlton, at the moment we're not looking to rush guys in we know yeah. we're playing the long game now so it's not going to be a case of oh panic maybe like a few years ago where it's we've got no other defenders we've just got to play weedering underdone they're going to take their time it is a big loss but I think the more probably sad one is just jack silvani Yeah. Uh, he probably i guess my opinion of where his position was in the team. I don't think he was nailed on no, starting every single week. He was neither. still in that fringe, but plays such a big role, as you say, being that more, I mean, he can back up Ruck. We don't have a lot of depth yeah. in that position, being that extra tall down forward and such a unique prospect. There's not a lot of players that kind of offer what he does, being able to be that little bit mm-hmm. tall, add that pressure, play for the jumper, as we know, yep. and find of. A- feeling a replacement that is exactly sauced. You kind of don't have that in the team. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have a positional replacement in the likes of Jacob Wiedering. Obviously the talent's not going to be the same, but I, I guess this yeah. is kind of a great lesson to just what everything is right now with Carlton. It isn't just about the individuals, one or two players. It's about the mm-hmm. collective, about the team. We've seen the last few seasons how much we've been able to go with that mantra next man up and they're, Never ideal, and it's never great when you lose someone for a whole season and you don't get to see what they're willing to offer. Mm-hmm. I think we saw at Stages last season when he was actually just playing that forward role. I think it was in the Port game yeah, when he started to kick a few goals and it just changed the way that we did play and structure up in that forward line. Mm-hmm. That's going to be sad to miss, but it's almost just next man up. Someone else will take that spot, and it's it's an opportunity, like you said, which I think is exciting. So who is your kind of players that you've got lined up? Yeah. Already to, I guess, have to replace them. Who's mm. coming into the team to replace Weedering and what's your kind of forward makeup looking like if Sauce was in your best 22 or if um, he wasn't that fringe? What are, you, what are you making of it? As I was
1: doing kind of early best 22 thinking, I guess at mm. the end of last year, I was coming to terms with the fact that I didn't believe that Pitt was going to be a best 22 guy. Yeah, um, Which may be an unpopular yeah. opinion with some, but I was kind of, seeing kind of his role in the team as being a bit too limited mm. for where we want to go, that probably changes for me with this. I just don't really see that solid second ruck option yeah. if we do just run with TDK. And I'm also I'm questioning how much I see the value in that anyway, mm. like having a really solid nailed-on second ruck. I don't have a full opinion on that yet. Like, mm. can we just get away with, you know, some... Harry, Harry maybe, yeah. whatever, even if he's not that great, mm. etc. Um, I just can't look anywhere past mm. kind of TDK being the third tall forward, and you know, that's mm. our tools.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I think at the moment I still have TDK and Pitto playing together. Just yeah. I, I we'll get into it when we start to talk about our big predictions and everything, because TDK yep. definitely gets a mention in a lot of mine. So I'm very excited for I like that. that. But, I think he's probably going to be someone who takes a bit of a step this year. But at times when they have worked really well together, maybe even in the final, you saw Pitto being able to use his physicality to almost mm-hmm. wear down the opposition Ruckman. Dakota probably isn't that style of Ruckman. Maybe we'll find out this year that we don't need that, that it's just the athleticism and everything else you offer around the ground That's that Dakota can do, that maybe we do we find out that Pitto is just that depth option and someone who we can throw in depending on the matchup rather than nailed on every single week. But there might be times particularly early on where we do need Pitto to play. Mm. And then I like in the finals when De Koenig was able to float forward. We saw him kick a couple of goals in that Melbourne game when we really Absolutely. needed to. And yeah, I think the depth is such an interesting thing. There's no one currently starting that you can really rely on. Like Harry, he's going to have to learn. He's really going to have to yeah. step up this season because I like think we saw late last year, there was a few times he, he played the second ruck. It yeah. wasn't amazing. But we're just going to need someone to, to occupy that role. I know like O'Keefe to a lesser extent and Harry Lemmy and the twos have kind of been learning that craft mm-hmm. from the start. They're obviously a little bit off being ready to play, I would say, at this stage. They yeah, might get a few so. games throughout the year. But yeah, I think with Sauce, the biggest issue is just that ruck depth. If Pito isn't playing, if TDK isn't playing, one of them or two, it's Lewis Young. That's not great. Or then yep. you're starting to throw in a murkov uh, and O'Keefe. I just don't love that option. Mm-hmm. But I think in the forward line, we can cover it, which is probably the positive side of the mm. J-SOS injury. What are your thoughts on the sort mm. of forward line error of SOS? Who kind of replaces that down there? Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I think... Yeah,
1: I mean, it, it depends how you mm. look at it, I guess. my Like, the best 22 that I'm thinking about right now, maybe there just isn't that kind of perfect mm. mid size guy, just with the
0: list that we yeah. have at the moment. I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to see. Mm. Do you think there's a scope for, like, a Harry Lemmy to play throughout the year? Is that extra tall? Or do you think wow. you'd rather just so slightly change? Saying- if you want to go that that three-tall structure, is it... Playing Pitt with the Coning down there or are you mm. wanting to bring in an extra tall. Yeah. Or I guess, is it that other alternative of just change up the structure and play a bit smaller? If it's a guy like Harry Lemmy as mm. those
1: three tall forwards plus TDK and Pitt, just, that sounds like overkill yeah. to me. I can't, I can't mm. see that scenario. But I could see mm. experimenting with if TDK is the number one locked on ruck choice and mm. maybe Pitt isn't giving as much value as we want. Yeah, maybe someone mm. like Lemmy who hasn't better. Yeah in theory, a better forward craft than Pitt,
0: maybe. It's It's, imperfect. It's going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of, I guess, versatility, a lot of changes throughout the season. And that's what it says. It it brings opportunity. Someone's going to step up. We're going to learn something new about the rest of the squad. Um, I mean, let us know if you're watching this, if you're listening to this. Who replaces Soss? How did you see him before he got injured? Was he in your best twenty-two? What do you make of the rucks, I guess, in the stocks after that? Mm. Can you get your thoughts on pretty much everything we discussed? We'll be in the comments following along the whole time. So it's going to be really exciting. And then I guess just lastly, weedering yeah. those first two games, what is your tall defenders looking like? Yeah. Well, I guess it's very – I think it will be match-up dependent, mm.
1: which I just thought about five minutes ago as you were talking. So I haven't put the thought into actually what that would mean. For me, the hierarchy in terms of players that should be in the team mm. – if you take weathering out, yeah. I would say McGovern would be the most important. Mm. Then for me, Kemp,
0: okay. Marchbank, Young. Yeah,
1: That's not to say that I wouldn't maybe prefer Young over Marchbank mm. structure-wise with we be the guy out. But yeah, I'm guessing you probably mm. have a different hierarchy. Yeah, You're probably gonna be higher be... on Marchbank than me maybe at the moment. I think so. I'm always very yeah. higher on Marchbank. I'm but bullish on, on Kemp this season.
0: Yeah. I think, again, it's that weird thing of... So many of these guys are going to play at certain different stages. And Absolutely. it isn't just going to be the case of it's going to be when Weedering's fit, Weedering, Marchbank, and McGovern every single week. Kemp's going to rotate through there. Yep. It might depend on matchups, depending on how many tall forwards the opposition have. Yeah. I think at the moment, I would start simply by just playing Gov, Marchbank, and Kemp. I do agree with I you so. on that. If you probably want a bit more of a traditional lockdown defender, then maybe a Kemp comes out for a Durden. I probably have him currently over Lewis Young. I'm interested to know what the listeners and viewers are are thinking on that. I mean, Lewis Young had such a good season two seasons ago. Last year, really soured on him. Mm. And I just, I think because you've got guys like Marchbank, guys like McGovern that can use the ball well, that can take the game on, do all of that. If I'm looking for a really big, Big key defender, someone tall that can just do that lockdown role. I maybe trust Durden slightly wow. more and just his decision making, <laughs> I feel a little bit safer. There's times where Lewis Young yeah. he gets the ball like, he's just gotta turn it over. He doesn't look good by feet, by foot. I mm-hmm. just I feel like there's more prone to a big error from Lewis Young. Like he's mm-hmm. high and low. The difference between that I get that sort of it's a, it's a lot of disparity between his best and worst, whereas at least Durden's kind mm. of here. I don't know if that's the best God. alternative, but again, yeah, yeah, I think I'm at least with you where I'm going the best three defenders we have, and that's, I guess, Marchie, mm. Gov, and Kempi to start.
1: Yeah, I hear that. I mean, damn. Mm. I did not even put Durden <laughs> into my thinking for this uh, question, to be honest, so it'll be mm. – but I wouldn't be shocked. Yes. I wouldn't be shocked if they if they did Ryan now, I guess. Yeah. And I think, so, I mean, Lewis
0: Young, we saw how good he was. He can definitely get back to that form at some stage. Definitely not writing him off. Agree. The other, I guess, main news, which we'll touch on just quickly, was Leadership Group was announced for the year. Slight little change. Only the one addition in Charlie Curno being upgraded to the Leadership Group. I guess, what were your thoughts on Charlie being added? And I guess your thoughts on the Leadership Group overall, if you do have any.
1: Oh, not a whole lot. I think it's a great Mm. vibes move. Why not? You know, he's... Mm one of the faces of the team, it, it makes sense that that he's, you know, addressed mm. as a leader in that way. I like the leader across every line. yeah. Like a little narrative there. That makes sense to me. Mm. It, it feels right. Yeah, He's about to be a
0: three-time common medalist. So uh, it makes sense. Exactly. I think that was probably the main thing that we somewhat spoke about throughout last year. We love the back line. Wieners is obviously the, yeah. the leader of that. We've got the midfield with Cripps, with with Walshy in there. Mm-hmm. It seems like the forward line was probably the only line that still needs a little bit of work. Yeah. probably the which is crazy to say when you've got Charlie Curno, Harry Mackay, and your forward line, and you're saying that's your most troubled area it's compared true. to anywhere else. Good but who's the leader down there? Charlie Curno, who's won the Colemans, he does everything right on the field. Is he the right leader? Yeah. That's a question I'm not sure I can necessarily answer. Cause I'm not inside the four walls. Yeah. I'm probably just gonna trust the club on that one. They're gonna know everyone and and what it's like. And I guess when Charlie Curnow tells you to do something on field, he's clearly got the footy IQ. He knows where he needs to be, Mm. whether he's going back down in defense against Gold Coast and taking the match saving mark, whether his field kicking is finding the right player. He seems to always make that right decision. Mm. And maybe this is something he needs to take that next step for himself as well. A new challenge, a bit more responsibility Apart from him, I'm not sure who you give those reins to. So for me, I think I'm happy nah. that we've kind of got that leader on every line. I think it's a really positive step as we head in towards 2024. Yeah, now it is. now nah. it. Is. Absolutely love it. So now let's get straight into really the season preview. This is the big let's question that a lot of people will want to know the answer to. And I want to know along with the viewers, chuck in the comments throughout. And if you're listening in podcast form, Head over to the socials at Navy Blue Corner and drop us a line throughout the whole episode with all your thoughts to this. Mm -hmm. It's expectations. Now, we made a prelim. We were one game away, 17 points, I guess, away from playing in a grand final. Also close, but it still feels oh so far when you don't make (laughs) the big dance. I guess, what are your mm. what are your expectations for this season? Do you have a bit of a pass mark? I know you hate this sort of... Boy, do I hate it. ...that kind of question, but I just want to know where you sort of see things heading in and, and what's your kind of marker for success in totally. 2024? No, it, I really... I hated this question last
1: year, but I've softened. Okay, I love I've that. softened on like it for that. sure. Because, I don't know, it feels a lit, a bit more linear maybe, mm-hmm. like our progression from here, and maybe I'm more confident as well. Like I think, I think finishing top four for me mm. is a pass. Yes. For this year, think like extrapolating that further. Like if we then went on and lost those two games, finals is such a weird yeah. beast. Mm. So matchup dependent. So week by week. So
0: I'm I'm
1: happy to say that if we finish top four, that's acceptable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I honestly, it's it's tough because you're always like premiership's the goal. That's all we want. Mm-hmm. Clearly, that's the success or failure of the season. You don't win it. Yeah. It's a failure to some degree. There's obviously learnings you can get. I think I'm I'm looking at it that the expectations top four because we saw last season how important making top four is oh. a home prelim. We play Brisbane in Melbourne, whole different ball game. Totally I know we right. stormed out in that first quarter and yeah. weren't able to hold on, but I think if that happens in Melbourne and we take that lead going into quarter time, I just you. don't think Brisbane get near you because of that home advantage, because of the crowd, yep. everything involved in it. And then just the the season itself, having to play the extra game, like you give yourself that week Massive off, difference. the second chance. And I think that that's just such a big thing. It seems so ridiculously hard to win it from outside the top four. Not something I maybe yeah. understood until last season, just yeah. how difficult that is. And... Yep. I think probably the other thing that I'm looking at for this season is, as I said, premiership's the goal. I'm not trying to dance around that and say that it's not. But this is a window right now for me, a tangible window based on finally something from the season prior, not just hope. The list is primed. The ages are there. We've got the talent. Three to five years is the window for me now. And it's not just about make or break this season. We have to win it right now. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a degree of that. I guess you can always argue and say you've got to take your moment when it's there. Was last season that? Potentially, we won't know until we review it in a few years. But I just think right now it's about that sustained success, which is going to be making top eight for the next three, five years. You see how hard it is with a team like Brisbane. They've constantly made finals. They weren't able to get there. Even Geelong, almost like the best case for it. They've had such a good team over that last bit. And it took them years and years of finals failures with that group to finally get one mm-hmm. with, you know, Patty Dangerfield right there at the end there. So, true. I think that's what it's about being there every single year. There's no guarantee it happens in one. So, you just got to sort of yeah. look at these next three to five years. And if we keep grinding it out, one of those years, at least surely, it will happen for this group. So, yeah, I'm not yeah. as make or break. We don't win it this year. It's over. No. As long as we're just constantly battling it out, getting that finals experience. I think that that consistency of making finals is going to really brew the the premiership success.
1: And I agree with every single thing you said just then, but I do want it to be clear that I do see a a pathway for us to do it this year. Absolutely. Like, even though that's kind of like the the pass Mm. mark, the, you know, the walls aren't falling down,
0: everyone's asking Mm. to sack the coach is kind of that top four. There's absolutely a world where we do it. Absolutely. Because we saw last year our best particularly in that stretch where we were just unbeatable right near the end, just before finals, literally we're playing the best football out of anyone. There's no reason why we can't do that this year. kind of takes me to the next question, which is so, okay. We made the prelim. (laughs) What do we have to do to take that next step to be the premiers this season? You alluded to it there. So I hope you have an answer. I mean, what needs to change? We were close. But we need to take that next step.
1: I want you to lead it off because my answer is airy
0: fairy mm. at best. Yeah. Okay. It's I feel like I'm somewhat similar. I don't have a definitive this is the one thing. Oh, if this player I've got does cliches. this. I feel like I'm a little bit the same. My first one is what we touched on was top four. Top four minimum. Mm-hmm. Clearly gives you that second chance, gives you the home prelim if you make it. And I just think. As we touched on, that's just gives yourself the best opportunity. Just firstly. historically, just
1: mm. so much
0: harder. Yeah, obviously. I think the next thing is just consistency all round. We that can't, was my number one point. We can't consistency. have consistency. Literally, we can't have the ups and downs, I think, of last year. One mentally for the players, but yeah. you look at what we had to do at the end of last season just to make finals and what yeah. that would have taken a toll out of them mentally, physically. We were having to scrap and scrape every single game. We had to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I want us to be getting those wins earlier in the season. So come the back end, those last six or so rounds, the last few months, maybe we can start to rest a few players who are battling some injuries. We don't have to play them every single week. We can try a few different things. Is Maybe this player has a slightly different role this week. And you start to learn a few different things that maybe come grand final day, you can actually pull a lever that we didn't have, that mm-hmm. because we we're trying to be perfect, we weren't allowed to trial. And so for me, I think that having that consistency yeah. throughout the season just allows you more scope to experiment and just have a bit more of a calmer stretch into the mm-hmm. finals. What was your kind of take on the, oh, on the level great. of consistency?
1: Yeah, oh, not not much to add to that. I think you're right. Like we were just, we were battered mm. by the end. And yeah. And I, I mean, also just like, it can't be understated, mm. the mental stress and everything that would have been you know, even though even though everything we're hearing is that they stayed together really well, and I believe mm-hmm. that, like it, it's impossible for it yeah. not to have had some toll.
0: Like that stretch of the season, one more loss, and we what don't make finals. Like it's insane the fine yeah. margins we put ourselves into, where we basically got only afford to really lose one game in those last few, which is just insane. Yeah, so like,
1: consistency would would take mm-hmm. that away.
0: Yeah, I also think as far as consistency, it was something I was thinking about through this question, like what takes us to that next step because mm. we did. We weren't super, super active in the off-season recruiting players. We tried to keep yep. it, I guess, there's that word again, consistent in the playing group. And I mm. wonder how much just there's obviously going to be a little bit of evolution in the game plan. We're going to try a few new things. It's not going to be the exact same thing as last year, yep. but we really only saw the game plan work and function click together for half a season last year. Mm-hmm is that enough to win you a premiership or do you need a few years of this to really gel, not only just to understand the game plan, understand the coaches, the way they communicate, the players, everyone on on field, the chemistry, knowing where guys are going to be, the belief. And I feel like that could be such a big thing for us going into 2024 where for the first time ever, we have the tangible evidence. We finally got a game plan that we understand. We've seen that it works. mm -hmm what's another preseason going to do on that A whole season of us actually functioning well together. Is that going to be yeah. the big change? Because I don't think we've ever seen a full 23, 24, however many, how many stupid rounds we have. We keep adding them of a season where mm. you were just confident that the boys understood what they were going out there to do. Yeah, no, 100%. I
1: mean, God damn. If we're sitting here in 24 weeks saying that mm. that was the case and I'll be feeling pretty confident. Um, yeah, it's always mm. just a, it's always, I guess I kind of alluded to it before, important to call out the difference between that home and away season mm. and the finals. Like, it just, it's just a whole, it's yeah. just a whole different thing when we get there. Like, I agree with what you're mm. saying. That kind of, you know, understanding that game plan and building on that yeah. is crucial for the home and away season. Mm. But yeah, once it gets to mm. finals, it's, it's going to take. You know, a lot more than that too.
0: Yeah. So what else apart from consistency were you looking at <laughs> as your, this is the thing that's going to change. Did you have anything more specific or was it a little bit more around that consistency style phrasing?
1: It's all just cliche things that even though they're cliches, that they mm-hmm. kind of have to be said. Yeah. Like big injuries to mm. irreplaceable guys. Yeah. It, there's just the, the fact of the matter is there's guys on this team that we're just not going to be able to mm. replace properly.
0: Yeah. It is just for every a fact. team, which is It is, true. and it's for
1: every team. It's not. I feel a
0: just problem. as if the team that does win the flag, there's obviously going to be injuries. You're going to lose one or two, but how many times do they lose their best, like two of their top five or six? Yeah, particularly happen. if you they're in, in positions out. that they,
1: you know, they don't have because the backups. Like, back at, yeah. like the mids, for example, mm. like touch all the wood in the room. Like we, at least, feel confident in a lot of those roles. I yeah. think being replicable. Some of these other guys, mm. I don't know. So it's just, you know, if we look back in eight months and go, why didn't
0: it happen? I'm just calling out that there's potential. That's the top of our yeah. list. Yeah, you If do, things don't go our way. You need that luck. And I think injuries does play a big, big part. I guess probably the yeah. only other thing that I was sort of looking at, trying to get a bit more specific, yep. was maybe just looking at that forward line. The one area that I think does need to lift. Backline was perfect. I think they were absolutely great at their defensive craft. Maybe there's a bit of still ball movement transition from D50 that could yeah. be worked on. But for me, it's like a spread of goals. Obviously, Charlie was unbelievable last year. Wins another Coleman at mm-hmm. 81 goals. The next highest goal kicker was, what, Harry on 29, I think it was. So there was quite a big drop-off there. Mm. We know Harry can get back to his best and definitely kick a lot more than that. But it's just the rest. You had always on 27, Motlop 24, Martin 17. Mm-hmm. I think we clearly just need a little bit more of a spread from those, a bit more of a contribution, and just a bit more function in that forward line. I feel like that's going to be the big step up this year. We've brought in Fantasia. Durden gets another year. Motlop gets another year. Cunningham, a full preseason. Elijah Hollands gets added into this. Does Doc play a bit more half forward? There's plenty of names to kind of throw into this. But, Mm. yeah, for me, I think obviously Harry, if he goes back to his best – Next this year, it's going to be big. And then, yeah, we just need a yeah. few more goals from others.
1: I, I, I agree with you. I think the a general forward line lift is definitely something mm-hmm. that we need. But as I was kind of thinking about preparing for this episode and I'm like looking at the guys, like looking at who's yes. the guys that are going to take the steps this year, I really wouldn't be surprised if, again, when we review this season mm-hmm. we look back, that goal-kicking spread, I could see it not actually changing a whole lot. Yeah. Like, is there a guy there? Is there a small forward that you feel like can kick another ten goals, for example? Mm. I don't know. Like, yeah. it's possible, but I, I wouldn't bet
0: on that for any of them. Mm. I think the best thing is you've got the two best forwards in the game, arguably, yep. and one of the best pairings ever with two Coleman medalists in the forward line. Mm. And so, I think for a small forward, you've got the best two to be crumbing to, and I think that's true. It is quite young. It is quite inexperienced. That's where maybe Fantasia plays a part. And it's yeah. maybe it isn't necessarily that X player gets 10 more goals. Maybe it's just simply every single player in that forward line kicks two or three that's more not and, and that's what I guess I'm looking at. I'm not necessarily saying we need one player to step up and be that 30, 40 goal small forward. Yeah. But I think Generally, everyone just course. needs to genuinely step up. And I guess on Harry... I'm so bullish on him really turning it around this season. And, yeah. and we were talking so much last year that he the goal kicking wasn't there, but everything else was. And I found a stat that I, I heard and then went back to track to see if it was correct. And hmm. in the finals series, Harry Mackay had seven contested marks in two games in the final series, which tied with Max Gorn, who also had the same amount of marks in two games, also tied with Harris Andrews, And Jesse Hogan, who played a game extra. Mm. The only player that had more contested marks in the final series was Charlie with eight. So we only had one more in one more game. So, I mean, if Harry doesn't get concussed, plays that extra final, Mm. his contribution in that side of the game is massive. He's clearly still got the confidence to do that. The goal kicking will click at some stage. I just feel it has to because the rest of his game is there. What do you sort of feel on on Harry uh, McKay's goal kicking come this season? Or how many do you think he's going to kick if you're going to put your put your name to it?
1: I think so he, he can, had 29, I yeah,
0: think. I think he can get up to that 40. Okay. My kind of vision this year, which I'll maybe get to a little bit later mm-hmm. in depth, is just maybe um Charlie drops down a couple and Harry sure. maybe takes those extras, is where see I'm it. seeing things. I can see it. Hmm. I wouldn't put my money on it, but I can say it. <laughs> so is there anything else that you said think needs to change from last season to this year for us to win the flag?
1: <laughs> it shows how bullish I am, yeah. I guess. I really think yeah. that it's just tinkering.
0: Yeah. No, I do like it. I do like it. So now yeah. let's get into the spicy things. I feel like yeah, better. you didn't really give me a great answer for that. Oh, I got um, some spice. and Come so I, this is one of our favorite parts. It's the season preview, and the part of that is the predictions. And every single year, we try to go a little bit spicy with this. We want a ridiculously hot, bold prediction. I want something absolutely batshit crazy that you can give me that we can All reflect right. at the end of the season. That you were absolute Nostradamus. No one else saw this coming, and you have absolutely nailed this. Very interested to hear them. And again. If you're watching this, give me your absolutely insane hot prediction mm. for this season. Lockie. You do- miss all the shots you don't take, right? Do you have anything?
1: I got a couple things. Mm. Bat shit. Like honestly, when we started this podcast, mm. I feel like hot takes is what like yeah. got us through. It was big. The like just mm. the hope and the possibility of things. Yeah. That fire is just so you
0: don't have it? Not in me. I've got a couple, but you you I'll, kick us off. I'll have to take over because I don't think you've got enough. So I'm going to go big with my first one here. I've mentioned I think this guy's going to have a big season. That's Tom Deconey. My prediction okay. this year, which may be, may be the boldest, I've got another one that's very, very spicy, is that Tom DeConey in 2024, All-Australian. Yeah, I don't hate it. I it's, don't hate it. It's a bit crazy because I think... If you're looking at the All-Australian team, there's normally only really one Ruckman. Maybe because of his forward craft, he can get in there. I'm just so bullish on what I saw in that final series. And maybe that is a little bit biased. Mm -hmm. Maybe I I need to see a bigger sample size from him because the season was fine. But his athleticism, what he's able to do, what he did to, to Max Gorn, and then being able to go forward and kick those vital goals... We've been saying it for a few years now. We've, when's it coming? When's he finding on a click? I feel like that final series maybe mm. was what he needed. And I, I just really reckon that this is going to be a massive, massive year for Deconing. I like it. I'm excited for the All-Australian Blazer come the end of the season. I feel like we're back
1: doing our draft episode where we're ridiculing each other's picks because my first hot take is actually aligned with this. So maybe the listeners can let us know which they think is more likely to play out of these hot takes. Because I did have an All-Australian pick for mine. Yep. Maybe maybe you'll think it's hot. Maybe you won't think it is. But the wings in the All-Australian team this season were Josh Dacos and Errol Goulden. Yep. Um, just, I guess, if you think about their performance, Dacos was a 25-disposal-a-game guy, Goulden, 26. Mm-hmm. You know, they pop up and kick goals occasionally. Blake Akers has put himself Mm. on the map Mm. with this final series. He averaged 23 disposals a game this year. You see that tick up a little bit, maybe a few more big moments. Yeah. And he'll have the Guernsey.
0: No, I I think that's really, really good. He clearly is one of the better wingmen in the competition. Mm -hmm. And how much of those big moments gives him that blazer at the end of the year? If he's throwing yeah. his head at balls to, to try and touch the touch it, you know, getting the fingertips on the line, kicking match-winning goals. Mm-hmm. If he does more of that, along with just everything else, yeah, he's definitely in line. We've seen his best yeah. probably started a little bit slow last year, which is mm-hmm. probably the thing that I think hurt him. But if he's, again, more consistent like we're expecting from the rest of them, uh, that would not surprise me if he is All-Australian come the end of the year.
1: Let us know which is more likely, Acres or TDK or Australian.
0: Who's going to do it? Now, this one, probably less spicy. I'm going to save my <sighs> genuine You need to lock me up in an insane asylum <laughs> after you hear it. But I've got That's good it. evidence to back it up, so I'll save that one. I'll go maybe a little bit down the Scoville ratings of spiciness on this one. Go for it. I've got a man who's always my favourite. I love to spruik him up, so I'm doing it one year again. We're rolling in his back in my love, for Jordan Boyd. Mm -hmm. I am going to say that he becomes an absolute lock in our team. Best 22. You can't take him out. And he's going to become one of our most important defenders, basically just due to his run and gun and then also his transition by foot. I feel like with Zach Williams coming back into this team, it allows a few others to maybe step up around him and seeing how well everyone played, that probably next little dimension we need to unlock is that little bit better exit D50. Look at that last okay. final against Brisbane. I reckon that first quarter he was almost best on with his intensity. What he was able to do rebounding off half back. I'm just, I'm real. If I'm bullish on TDK, I'm mm. almost more bullish on Jordan Boyd is my man. And yeah, I reckon he's going to be a staple and such an important guy come the end of the season. Not a fringe like he's maybe starting.
1: You're right about the Scoville rating. <laughs> I'm not convinced yeah. that actually okay. falls into the hot take category. But I, I agree with you. But you say that you, that Boyd can be that guy. Mm. I assume you think Williams is going to be a guy that comes back and is mm. a regular. To you know, it's going to be a hard, you know, it's going to be a difficult mm. mix to crack in that halfback line. But yeah, okay. I, be- I believe in Bordie <gasps> too.
0: See, I don't like. This. I don't think it's this that hard. This feels like the uh, all the two last episodes we did. The guess I the know. twenty-two where we were absolutely abusing each other. And then also the draft episode. That's it true. feels weird being in the same room. Maybe it's that I felt a bit better behind the keyboard. I felt like I was uh, able really to throw those, throw those you know. jabs at you. Now you're here. I'm a little bit intimidated. I feel like you've got the, the higher chair. You've really, you've come you in. And, and you've absolutely, you're domineering over me. I'm a little bit worried, but no, okay. No. You've you've absolutely ripped. He's my Jordan Boyd. You tell me he's a dud. He's uh, not going to play any games this season. That's fine. You don't like it. I think he's great. What do you, got? What do I, you got? I, I think uh. he's great. And it, it's like
1: it's like saying, sure. I don't know. Sardi's sure. gonna be a great player this season. Like that's very really not okay. from you. Anyway, okay. what do you got? But this was the problem. When I was thinking about hot takes, so many of my takes were so Sorry, loop, hot. I don't so know if you can hear more. this, but I think
0: the fire brigade <laughs> are coming past us. They're hearing about this. I don't know if this siren is getting picked up by the mics, because that's the loudest siren I've ever heard, but I stand corrected. They're, they're on standby for this, so you better not waste it's, their time. Look,
1: look, brace yourselves. No, don't need to brace yourselves. I, as I was thinking about it, again, I'm trying to balance things that are maybe people would say are unlikely, okay. but I can really stand behind and believe. I think a lot of people, when they saw the fixture, yeah, penciled us in for a loss.
0: Against yes, Brisbane? Mm-hmm. Yes. I think
1: a lot did. I reckon we're going to win opening round, yeah, and start our season well. Why? Like you were talking about before, mm-hmm. the battered and bruised scenario yeah. that we went okay. up there with while they' were fresh. Whole different ball game. Round uh, the first round of last season, yeah. Lions lost by nine goals. Ooh. Slow starters. Maybe. Can we catch them off guard <laughs> with the perfect revenge? I don't know the odds. I guess
0: was Port, wasn't it? It and was. Port, and that's when I put um, Horn Francis straight in me Supers team and How it was goes. downhill from there. So, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about, I guess, opening round with Brisbane. But maybe that's just what we need. Oh. It feels like
1: a bad kind of open mm. originally that we're going up there for this game. But now I'm looking we're at positively. There's no better time mm. than opening round, yeah. get that out of the way
0: for a dub mm. and kick off our season strong. Look, it's hot. Oh, look, you can't tell me that's not hot. I like the prediction, and I like that you're going against the grain because a lot of people have said the loss. But oh, I just, salty just about no, them, I just John feel player. that you're. If you were going with the big win round one, mm-hmm. I want you to keep going. I want you to sell me the story. I want you to say, <sighs> "Then we go and beat Richmond, and then we go and win the next, and all of a sudden we're five and zero. Oh, we're on top. We've sewn things up." I thought you were. Go- I I was coming along for the ride and Mm -hmm. I feel like you just dropped me off on the side of the road before we even started the meter. I just, I I was ready and you just, yeah, I didn't like it. Our
1: listeners that have been with us for five years and our new listeners from the Blue Abroad channel, they deserve better than me sitting here and saying things that I don't believe in. That's fair enough. I was looking at the fixture as I was thinking Mm. about this and I was thinking about how, obviously we had our big losing streak and our big winning streak. I don't see either of those things Mm. happening with how our fixture is looking. It seems very balanced in yeah. terms of quality and not so quality opposition. So I'm not I'm mm. not gonna sit here and say we are gonna start the season with eight in a row. But we're gonna kick yeah, it off yeah. well with yeah. a big win at the gather.
0: No, it's it's a big thing for I think we spoke last season, the redemption arc. It felt like if you were scripting a movie for someone to win the flag, it was us last year because of mm-hmm. What happened? What transpired? And then the teams we started beating, it was all of a sudden we're beating St. Kilda when we always seem to lose against them coming from behind. We're beating Gold Coast in Gold Gold Coast. Coast. We're beating Collingwood. You've thrown that away. We've beaten Melbourne. We're beating all those teams that we always seem to lose to. The only real ones that I don't think we've completed yet are Brisbane in Brisbane Mm -hmm. and Adelaide in Adelaide. You tick off opening round Brisbane in Brisbane. God, the leads, we still haven't found it. Oh, from yeah. last season, been put back they they're not putting it back on. Can you imagine how often about we'll be opening round if we beat Brisbane? I think we're all calm enough, and we know that regular season, it's the finals that matter, and we're not going to go yeah. ridiculously big way too early. But gee, the vibe around the place if we knock Brisbane off is massive. So I'll, I'm saying I'll allow it. But thank you. I think if you want craziness, you're going to like my next one, and I've I've got notes for this. I need to read this oh, no. because this is quite in depth, and I've got some stats for you to back this up. I do As like us, evidence. I spoke about the forward line and us needing a bit more contribution. That's where I see maybe that next step coming from. And so I've got a mm-hmm. very oddly specific prediction that we can come back at the end of the season. Oh, no. And if I get this, I feel like there almost needs to be some sort of reward for me. And maybe a maybe a punishment if this doesn't come off because I can't just be taking I've got to give something. That's what I'm saying. So, maybe, so if you're watching this, let us know what maybe this could be if this comes up or what punishment has to happen if it doesn't happen because that's how bullish I am I'm always... on this. Jack Martin, Jesse Motlop, and Orazio Fantasia will combine and kick a total of 84 goals together. Sounds like a lot. It is. It adds up to, if you get the maths together, an average of 28 goals per player. That sounds like a ridiculous amount, doesn't it, Lockie? It does for a simpleton. But I've done the maths, mate. I've sorted this I was out. Say, I'm not sure it does, but okay, go ahead. Because I think that one of these players will kick 30. And I really reckon the others are going to get close. So we'll take a look at Jack Martin. 17 goals last year, mm-hmm. but he averaged 1.6 goals per game from the Hawthorne game. So Carlton start playing good. Mm-hmm. He starts playing well. If you extrapolate that 1.6 goals from the uh sorry the ten games that he played there into mm-hmm. eighteen games, that's twenty eight point eight goals, Lockie. Okay, that's exciting, games. and I reckon we can get Jack Martin to eighteen games. He plays eighteen games, we win the flag. Is that another spicy take for you in the middle of this? Motlop, twenty four goals last season, mm-hmm. but again after the turnaround, he missed a few weeks, but played in that Port game. He did. From then on, he kicked 14 goals in nine games, averaging 1.5 per game. Extrapolate that out to 20 games, which I reckon Jesse can do. That's 31 goals. Yep, that's now, feasible. Fantasia. I believe he can play 15 games. Last time he did that, he kicked 28 goals. Now I get it. That was 2021. He's had his injury issues. Let's knock a couple off that 28. Let's go 25 instead. Martin, 28. Motlob 31, Fantasia 25. That's 84 goals. <sighs> you're not going to like
1: my response to this.
0: It's a, you're missing out because I had the chalkboard, not the chalkboard, the corkboard behind me with all the string trying to figure this out before. I've had to take it down for it. Do you think it's feasible? Do you, you Absolutely like feasible. Actually, That's my problem. <laughs> yes. My problem I'm is sorry.
1: that you think that this is the hottest take ever and the logic is too mm. sound. Hot takes are supposed to be... You know, we're supposed to be clutching at straws for
0: logic, and you've just gone with yeah. very logical logic. So no. Because it's it's obviously a big sure thing. I can say because 84. I think Motlop 24 to angles 31. It's plausible considering we expect an uptick. <laughs> yeah, Martin kicked 17 goals last year. I'm now expecting him to kick like 28. I think that's a lot, but if he's fit, what we saw him do in our forward line, mm. I'm excited about. And he could be someone that goes really, really big. And then yeah, Fantasia. When he plays games, he seems to be able to find goals. If what I'm saying earlier, if Charlie drops his a little bit and the smalls get a little bit more involved around it, mm-hmm. give me eighty-four goals. See, I thought that was a big mark. And it is I mean, averaging twenty eight goals between three smalls with yeah. a common medal and, and Harry Mackay, it's a
1: lot of goals, but Gene we're gonna get again. it. I, I mean, I hate to be the voice of pessimism. Go as I as it. I very we need it. I very rarely show. am. Um uh, like, I think if, like, you're right, if they do all play mm. those games. Yeah. Sure. Mm, why not? The over-under on Martin and on Array- Fantasia oh. joining for 33 games, mm. that feels high yeah. for it's... me. is that, that that would be an incredible mm. result, I reckon, if we got those games from those two. I
0: guess to go back on that and ask a different question, is that just mm. a worry for you going into the season that, does our forward line rely on a few players that are maybe injury-prone to getting us that ultimate success, or is that just part and parcel of the game? It, le- it leads to what was going to be my third hot mm. take, which I took out. Go for it. You can say, you don't have to say that you're bound by this, but this was something you were tossing up.
1: I think it's possible that this time next year will be even less clear on the small forward mm. hierarchy than we are yeah. now. I think everyone has their kind of opinions on these four. Mm. I actually think we could. I don't know. I just, I'm just in this stage where mm. I'm not convinced any of them are making that jump. Like, I, I think you could yeah. make the case for any of the mm. four guys, always and Corey included. Yeah, Corey's someone
0: we haven't mentioned. Like, always when he played, he's yeah, always as well. I completely like, in. if he plays it, like, he's very good for a goal again. 27 last year. Laddie, like, him to the. Mate, how many goals are we kicking with these small forwards? Totally. And and, But Durds
1: as well. Like I'm sure there's people listening that maybe even have Mm. Durds as as the guy out of these four for the future.
0: So that's my feeling. It's the biggest open position and biggest competition of spots where you can make the argument for everyone, and maybe it's not perfect because not many of them have really proven it for the Mm. whole time. There's been injuries. There's been issues. No one has been like, for a full season, I've been the number one you're locking me in every single game. Yeah. That's a potential problem. The fact that they're going to be hungry or fighting for that, and you can even maybe throw like a, a fogarty into that as well. I know he plays a slightly different role, a little bit more defensive than your goal kicker. That's what I was going to say. Does he end up kicking more goals this season because he's in that team more, the balls fall to it, the footy IQ? It's going to be interesting. And that's why yeah. I, I wanted to throw out those three in particular, but it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if the three that play the bulk amount of games end up kicking 84 goals together. But yeah. I'm going with no, those like three it. now. But God, it's uh, mm. it was a ambitious one, I think, to start with trying All to right. think that, yeah, Jack Martin's going to play uh, 20 games or whatever he's going to play by the end of the year. you
1: Have got you got a fourth take to bring us
0: home? Uh, I mean, I did have another one that I'm maybe not as... Put it out on, there. But it's one that I was just trying to think of what's the craziest thing. Okay. And this, You promised spice. This is incredibly spicy. Almost okay, dumb spicy. But I'll go for the that one. And I'll be quick with it. Okay. We've talked about the rucks a lot. We think De Koning's taking that step. Maybe we will find with his step up, if he's going to take over the number one ruck mantle, where's Pitt's role? I think how it maybe works with the two of them is De Koning's a little bit forward as well. Mm-hmm. Pitt doesn't have that forward craft. So mm-hmm. by the end of the season, are we looking for someone to take over that second ruck? My bold prediction is that by season's end, Carlton fans will be wanting either a DeConing and O'Keefe partnership or DeConing and Lemmy partnership and wow. combo for 2025. That's so it's one. not That's them saying, one. you know, mate, come grand final, we're gonna be throwing in Harry Lemmy, but it's more saying these guys have played incredibly well throughout the VFL season. They maybe played one or two games where maybe hmm. and it's it's harsh on picks. I still think he's a good player, has scope to prove everyone wrong and Make that number one rock spot his, mm. but I just feel if we're adding more strings to our bow, trying to yep. find other things, it's okay for Lemmy that could do it. And if they have a massive year in their VFL come this time next year, we could be saying, "I want O'Keefe and TDK mm. in that team." That's my favorite of your mm. your takes. I, I toyed with something similar. Yeah. The the
1: the rebuttal or question back I'd ask is: Do you think it's more likely that it's that scenario? Or Carlton fans saying it's TDK and bring in someone new yeah. because we don't have the young guys mm. and it's not Pitt.
0: It might be that. I think, yeah, if Harry doesn't take that step up in the ruck and it's not being amazing and then we're yeah. finding that we're better when De Koning's in the ruck, we're struggling when Pitto's anywhere else and we're needing De Koning more ruck time, mm. it's probably going to be more we need someone else rather than those two guys are impressing. But yeah. from what I've seen of those two late last year and from everything I'm hearing in the uh, the whispers of training the house down <laughs> cliche of preseason, it feels like those guys are progressing really well. Maybe, again, not for this year, but come 2025, finally being able to develop these guys in the twos, not rushing them into the AFL yeah. firsts. I really think that I'm, I'm bullish on at least one of those two oh, okay. coming into oh, the okay. team next year. I like it. You've ended it strongly. yeah. But let's go, from you. let's go back to this year. Let's stop worrying yep. about what's going to happen this time next year. I want to get almost your it's, – it's almost the younger brother of the hot takes. It's the players <laughs> yeah. to watch. It's the who are the breakout stars? Who are the ones that are going to excite you this year? Do you have any left-wing names? Who are we kind of throwing out there as your players to keep an eye on this year?
1: I mean, similarly to the hot takes where we kind of – I feel like mm. we these were like a crutch for us yeah. where it's like we need to believe in some of these guys. Mm. It's it doesn't feel as clear to me. So I, I wrote down three names for yep. watches. Hit me. Moya. Yep. Interesting. To be more impactful. Moya impactful. Then oh, I hate myself.
0: You love <laughs> that's it. You love really it. good. It's, yeah, thank you.
1: That's really good. To be Moya impactful <laughs> than maybe we expect. Yep. Fantasia to to go back on to your point before, yep. that if he is healthy...
0: And back to his best.
1: ...may, ex- mm-hmm. may exceed expectations of even that. And then I think I, I put Williams in there. Yeah. It's like, it's not an exciting mm-hmm. one, but again, just when a player misses so much time, mm-hmm. you never know what you're going to get.
0: Yeah. and Beast or famine. If we're being very honest about Zach Williams, has not been consistently good for us? Mm-hmm. I think we, we, we love what he can bring. And at his best, he's been unbelievable. Yes. But how many times has he been a bit of a whipping boy where there's two or three weeks in a row where he's, he's okay, he's not amazing. Mm. And you're going, oh, what have we done? Like, what have we paid for this guy to come to the club? Is, could we have done some other things? And you see another glimpse of him have an absolute, almost best on ground kind of performance like the That's... Collingwood game the season before. You go, okay, this is what we've got. But through injuries and form, he hasn't put it together the whole time. Yep. But if we can get his best, again, this is a guy who's all Australian calibre. That's what I'm saying. What he can bring to, I think, the rest of the players is what I'm excited for. Are we going to see a better Sard Because he's able to maybe lock down a little bit in defence and, and take mm. the, the number one defensive forward away from Sard because they're going, oh, I need to watch out for Zach Williams' burst away. All of a sudden, Sard gets off the chain. Or maybe because they're worrying about those two, Jordan Boyd gets off the chain. Totally. I think that... Yep. I love the Zach Williams one, not only for what he can bring, but I think for what the rest of the team can grow around him from his influence. I love that. I like it. Here's with yours. Yeah. So my players, and it's the weird part about Carlton, I think at the moment where when we started this podcast, everyone was a play to watch. No <laughs> one was sort of nailed on superstar of the competition. It was like, you yeah. know, Crips. Yep. Cool. That's it. Almost. And now. Truly it feels like it's so much more settled that everyone is in that 22. There's a fringe around that, that are going to play it at major stages throughout the season that we're going to call upon these guys. There's sort of 30 or so players that are that core squad. And outside Mm -hmm. of that, I think it's really difficult to just say this player is going to come in and absolutely star. So I'll probably go on a bit safe with some of mine, but I feel like that's just what this team is at the moment. I'm with you. I'm with you. The first one's Matty Cottrell. Really, again, just what he did in the back half of last season, the finals, and is a player that for a lot of the time and even last season, I was saying he's the perfect sub. Mm -hmm. I don't see him as being that starting every single week. I've changed my tune on that from what I saw. I love the fact that he can play on the wing. He can play high half forward. He brings the energy, brings the tackling. His Mm -hmm. ball use was great. Attack on the football was better. His footy IQ seemed better. and can get on the end of a few and hit the scoreboard, He's someone that's kind of incrementally grown every single season. To see him be able to do it in those big moments in those finals games gives me the confidence that he can just take that next step. What that is, what the ceiling is, I'm not 100% sure, but it's just another one of those role players that I see him having really big moments for us where we're just going to absolutely love this player and he's not going to be someone that we're saying, is he the sub, is he this? Mm. It's like, no, Matty Cottrell's there every single week. I've got Invest best 22 as well. Yeah. The other couple, Jordan Boyd, as I touched on, yep. I don't need to say anything else. Um, and then I think really the other main one was just Elijah Hollands. Like maybe yeah, the lawyer factor for you. It's someone that's fresh, someone coming in and a bit more mature. I do really like that aspect. Mm. And again, that position of that mid-forward connection, we don't have a lot of those more high half forwards. Thinking bring the pace, bring good ball use. i mm. interested to see what he can do in the midfield. Uh, I was talking on the, on the yeah. board show on mon- Monday. What I was, what I think that next evolution is for probably the midfield. We've got such amazing players around that. They brought in a Billy Wilson in the draft seemingly for that burst and explosive speed. Mm. I think that's still something bossy and Cole are wanting. It's a reason we didn't see Cripps, Kennedy and Hewitt always playing together. And they tried to change things up a little bit. Yeah. Is that Elijah Holland's, that spends time in there. And that's why I think I'm bullish because he can kind of get thrown around and there's maybe not that expectation mm. on him to come in and, and set the world on fire.
1: Yeah. Unlike Fantasia, where I feel like I have kind of expectations mm. of what we're going to get from him if he is healthy and fit, I've just seen such little of Hollands yeah. that I just don't even know what we're mm. going to get. Like the, <laughs> the, the 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 spectrum of what we could see
0: from him yeah. is massive, which is mm. why he's a good one to watch. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So now the the opposite of that, Yeah. the under the pump segment. Now Mm -hmm. this, it's a negative segment because you're talking about guys that are maybe under a bit of pressure. And not only am I interested to hear the players that you're nominating for this, but also your rationale, what you're thinking about when you hear under the pump. It's a very broad term. You could think of this in a lot of different ways. I want to know that. And it's almost a bit more of a rev up as well. These are players that we also want to see the best out of. We want to see them overcome this, but who's under the pump for you at the start of the season and why?
1: I have thought about this one in terms of positional Mm. scarcity. Yeah. Like the kind of players that if they're not delivering, Mm. your spot could be gone and may not come back. Like, when are we going to be sitting here and saying that Mackay is not under the pump? Like, when is he going to be able to shift that narrative about the goal kicking yeah. and things like that? I haven't got him here yeah. because I think he's that, that's kind of a separate topic. I think Martin is my first one mm-hmm. where if he doesn't get off to the start that you're hoping that he will, like just that forward line ambiguity, my God. Mm-hmm. I, I like he's been under the pump for us. Like, yeah. we always talk about him in this way. Do you put him in that
0: basket? I don't think I'd do any more of what I saw last season. My There's obviously the fitness part of Jack Martin that I, I don't think will ever go away until we see him play a full season, mm. not have injury interruptions. But the other question mark that we had was just the form. How many times did we jump on the podcast after a harsh loss to maybe react a little bit too harshly? I remember I said at one stage, like, I'm sick of Jack Martin and I almost like don't want him on the list for the fact that... That And this was obviously me being over the top. I wasn't 100% saying I wanted him off the list, but it was me being like, I'm sick of buying into the hope of Jack Martin and him disappointing me and just not seeing that consistent form from him. Whereas back into last season, I just thought he was so important to our structure, so important to what was working well in that forward line. His position, his ability to draw the opponent away from the space, his tackle pressure, his goal kicking, his marking overhead. Now, with Jack Silvani out, I think he becomes even more important due to what he can do physically yep. above his head. But I guess, yeah, with that injury issue, I find there's always going to be that question mark. But for me, the form, I probably disagree on it, thinking that he's done enough in the back half of the season for form maybe not to be as under the pump. Mm. But I mean, if he, if he starts, if like anyone, if he starts the season poorly, there's that's competition. my point.
1: That that that's my point exactly. That Mm. I feel like a lot of these guys have a bit more of a leash, whereas for him, if he goes back to those dark days, yeah, we're gonna be sitting here
0: Mm. and you're gonna be talking about him in that way again. I feel it's just it's so difficult for those players where he's gonna have weeks where he doesn't touch the ball, and then he kicks four the next week. So he might just be a guy that we have. Yeah, it's interesting one. I don't mind it.
1: Yeah, do you want to hit me with one?
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll go with my first one, which is maybe a little bit harsh. And it's mainly just because I still think he's a bit young and he's got time to develop. I'm not writing him off. But Jack Carroll is someone I'm putting in the under the pump category for the sake of, much like maybe Brody Kemp last year, it's not so much that I'm saying this is your season to prove it or you're delisted, you're off the list, but more I'm yet to see what it is. That mm. I'm meant to really get excited about mm-hmm. with a with a Jack Carroll. I still think there's the potential, but he probably in the VFL compared to I guess maybe a Jackson Bins who showed so much last year. Totally. I haven't seen that four game stretch of of Carroll where I've gone holy shit, this is that player that he's still got some deficiencies, but yeah. look at all those amazing traits that he's got that I can see in a few years with more development. Here he is in the AFL in the first team, and now with guys like Fisher gone, Paddy Dow out of that depth in the midfield, Mm. he's kind of automatically taken that next step up. Ed Kurnow, another one that's come out. He's he's almost forced to take that step at some stage if there are injuries. And my, I guess, problem with him so far is I need to see something from him to get me excited. Not writing him off. He's still got plenty of time to develop. I like that we're taking our time with him, but I need to see something this year to get me excited. I want to get excited. Show me.
1: Yeah. I think that's a a valid one. I don't have have anything to add. The the second guy I had is someone on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. As I was doing my best 22 thinking, Mm. I think George Hewitt is a guy that if he isn't the best version of himself Mm. from these last couple of years, it's just going to be interesting to see how that midfield mix is. Mm. Elijah Holland's a guy like you said that we're thinking of getting more midfield time. Um, You know, Holly Hollands, mm. a guy that I see as being a midfielder one day. I don't know. I'm just unsure of the mix because we we kind of talked last season about mm. like can you play Hewitt in other positions? Yeah. If he's not setting the world on fire, again, the way I've kind of thought about this question is if you know if Sam Walsh has four bad games to start the season, yeah, he's not going anywhere. Mm. But if Hewitt has four bad games and Kennedy's in the seconds, yeah, Kennedy comes in and sets the world on fire. I could just, Mm. I can see a scenario where we may not see as much of him as we might have
0: thought. Gee, it's an interesting take. That's almost, that almost should have been your your hot take. Do you think so? To a degree. I just think that, I don't think it is. I would, I guess, my, where my brain goes on this is I would say by that logic, Matt Kennedy's under the pump a lot more than George Hewitt because George Hewitt's already ahead of him. But the expectation, I think, on Kennedy is so low because we're, because we,
1: I I don't mm. have invest 22 currently.
0: Who was that? Kennedy. Yeah, I don't either. But I think because of that, his pressure to still maybe be around next year, to a, if I'm going like way over the top on sure, that, sure. because he's not breaking into the team. I think George sure, Hewitt. Sure. we know he's already higher, so he should be, I guess, in that conversation. Hmm. Where I was, I guess, thinking in, in what you were saying was the midfield mix in – I think George Hewitt has a massive role to play, being the guy that just does the grunt work. I think you need that kind of player. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's his role. And we've seen how good he is for that, being able to extract to the other players, allow Crippa not to have to go in and under and do that. Yep. But it is interesting. Do we find that, yeah, if Hollands goes in there, either of them and, and other players rotating at certain stages, does that, because of the mix and the way we maybe change the structure around that, do we need that extra inside midfielder? And that's a mm. big question. So I understand where you're going with that. I think I would just again say that because there's someone who is below him mm. in the ranking, I would say they're more under the pump. But totally. Gee, that is a spicy take from yeah. you. Into, I like that.
1: But I, like, I that you've gone bold. I think it's just different ways to think about mm. this under the pump question. Because yeah. honestly, like I don't, I don't necessarily think. Anyone is under the pump right now.
0: Yeah, I agree with that.
1: Sometimes in off-seasons, basically every off-season gone by, we've done this. There's guys under the pump now. Right now, it feels like a bit of a a blank slate. And there's a a lot of guys in this list where they're in a part of the hierarchy Mm. where some bad
0: forms start the season. They're not going to be the whipping boy. Mm. So who are the whipping boys? Well, I've got... My next one is, it feels like he's been the whipping boy this episode. And I hate it because he's he's genuinely one of my favourite players. I think he's one Mm -hmm. of the best blokes we have, having been fortunate enough to speak to him a couple of times, yeah. Ripper no fella, want him to be in the best 22, think he can offer still a lot. But because we've talked about the rise and the ceiling, which we love on this podcast, the ceiling of a player like De Koning, Yep, it's it's Mark Pitnett being under the pump mm-hmm. just because he's, he is that Ruckman. He doesn't offer a lot around the ground. He's not going to go forward. If someone like De Koning takes over being that number one, Mm-hmm. I, where's the role? What does he have to shift to, to keep his role in that team? And are we going to be asking the questions like, does Harry come in? Yeah. Are we looking for a Lemmy? What else is happening around this team? And for that, I think he's under the pump. Do I think he can clearly make sure he's not under the pump by showing that physicality, be bringing the best out of De Koning by being that physical beast mm. in there. Yes. And I think there's a role for him, but just because of the ceiling of other players around him in that position, the scarcity of it, yeah, I think Pitt's a little under the pump.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't have anything to add. Mm. I agree. He was on it. Yeah. I think it was the first time I wrote down, and then I took him off because I was like, I don't know. I... Yeah, he's just in such a strange position. Yeah, this is the position we've been in mm. basically every year. Depth has just been since he's been on here for a while. Yeah, it just doesn't mm. feel like it's gonna. I don't know. Is it going to resolve this season? And find out. Not? What was the other one? Do you have one more? Uh, I didn't actually have a specific name. Yeah. I just said the small forwards. Yeah. Because
0: I had Matt always for that sake. Yeah.
1: It's just the angle that I've taken with mm. this question is that, my God, I don't think the leash is very long mm. for any of the, these four guys. Yeah. And I'm talking about the four guys, the small forwards. Mm. But to your point, Fogarty can play this role. Like there's other guys that could fall into this yeah. category in these spots. Like I, do, I just don't think that you're going to be mm. able to play too many bad games as a small
0: forward this yeah. year before someone else is getting the gun. I agree. And I think where I was looking at the pressure being on always probably the most out of those is, mm. again, stealing on Motlop, he's the golden child. He's the younger one that we have pinned our hopes on yep. that we're going to put games into you. You've shown enough already. You're going to get the first go. Mm-hmm. I think Fantasia, there isn't a lot of pressure because he's coming in as the... You're not on a lot of money. You're there as the experience. We hope if you're fit, you can take over that role. But there's low expectation. Durden, he's almost like the lesser Motlop in a way. He's the younger one, but there's probably not as much chatter around him. He's lower down the totem pole, I guess, in that Matt Kennedy kind of spot. I agree. maybe this is like your cue where because always is that one, and maybe this is where I'll start to side with you on yeah. your argument previously is because always is, he's got that spot for me at the moment with Mottlock. Yeah, exactly. You've got the rest there. The ceiling with always probably isn't. And I think you'll want to play the youth of a Mottlock, mm. which means if if always isn't performing, if if you're okay right now, I'll ask you the question. I'll ask the, the viewers and the the listeners, this question, I really want to know your answer. Yeah. If Motlop and always both aren't performing and you drop one, who is it? And and why is it always? <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say
1: that's so funny. Firstly, i say like, I love when you answer a question
0: and, <laughs> and a the logic
1: gets it to siding with my logic from a previous point. That's really nice
0: to hear. Yeah, I've trapped myself in a box there, I mean,
1: I don't know why it's always, but it is hmm. I, I guess it's a
0: ceiling piece. Yeah. Um, yeah Different guys though mm. I think Motlop can offer a bit more Elsewhere Whereas always is a bit more like yeah. Your forward pressure and your goals And if he's not performing in that I think there's a lot more that can do that Whereas I don't know I see a bit more of that So generic when you're talking about a small forward But like there's a bit more flair with Motlop That mm. I think he can kick a goal out of nowhere Whereas always I think he's a bit more of that Grunt hard worker And will kick goals that way Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's how I kind of picture them in my mind.
1: I've got a red-hot question <laughs> an hour go. and 10 minutes <laughs> Let's in this podcast. which just came to my mind. Do you think that there's any bias that we hold mm. against someone like Owe's? I think so. For the way that he came into the club? Or I don't know if it's the way he... Oh, maybe it is. Like, uh, like do, do is. those perceptions of these players... Mm. You know, like it it subconsciously went into my head before when I'm like, well, I guess we kind of have a bit of a higher ceiling for Mob than dirt,
0: yeah. for example. Oh, that's a great question. I don't know, I don't know if that's true or not. But if you want the argument for always and, and like and this is the thing, I don't have a ridiculous, even though it sounds like I do, I don't have the big the strongest opinion on any of these guys not being in the team or being in the team. I am happy Neither. to off evidence change my opinion. So right. I think there is a bias because you're looking to kick the most goals as a small forward last year. I know. If you just if you just look at the stats and we were choosing stats right now, always is in that team You're every right. single time That's and we're not saying. questioning it. But maybe it is because we don't see the ceiling because he's a little bit older. He was a Category B rookie, basketball background. He wasn't that high draft pick of a Motlop or a younger player that we see Durden being, even though always has performed better or the The Mottlup veteran who's done something in a a Fantasia. I think that's a great question. And maybe that's what we need to be doing more in checking ourselves when we are looking at these players and coming up with why am I down on this player? Is it a perceived bias? Mm -hmm. Because, I think it probably is. If I'm looking deep down on why I rate always lower than some of these, it's the perceived ceiling I have in my head, maybe not based off performance, but based off their history and how they did come club yeah. that's a that's a great that's bit of wisdom from you. you for once, you're welcome. Months.
1: I did. <laughs> I I like to just like you bury the plugs in these oh, episodes. I like to bury my wisdom. That's too. mate.
0: That's the if I can be bothered or have the time I was just gonna which, say. To, to get a little TikTok <laughs> clip going. But you need to be doing more. Of. Hey, if you're watching, listening to this, and and you want to, and you're out there, and you're like, hey, I just want to be getting in that uh that social media field, and mm-hmm. I just want to be making TikToks. <laughs> we cannot offer you anything monetarily. um No, no, no. People don't like. This is, the, is that a free labor? Where yeah, we're, being, we're not. We're, we're not. Part creating, of oh, this. We'll do it for exposure. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. See, but the thing is, I'm, I'll blatantly be like, "I'm not paying you. Mm. Um, I've got no money. I'm they struggling. To, I'm like struggling it. to pay for grocery. But if you want to do it, if someone wants to make them for us, yeah, it's like I'm you know like, how people do, like, oh, do a
1: competition, yeah, and I mean, the winner, it's, it's bad. Yeah. It's not good. It is. But you can't know. ask. You just have to allude to yeah. it. I think you have to be well, like, okay, we'll we want to be doing it. more TikTok content. We're busy guys. I, I've ruined it already. Is half the issue there?
0: Yeah, you can you can snip that. Out. Okay, we'll snip that. Out. We'll stay in. We don't edit in this clearly. No, but we if don't. We maybe had someone that could edit. <laughs> <Rocky>. <laughs> nah. Uh, oh, good segue. Beautiful. But good segue. we've been going for a long time. Yes. The best part is these next few bits. These hot take predictions. We're almost going to spitfire go. through them now. They don't need a lot of discussion. Locky, ladder position. You've talked about the expectations. Where are we finishing on the ladder? I bet we could have the same. Third. third. Ah! Ah! We're back. Dang, that's huge. See? 16 or 17 wins. That's oh, about right. It. I have not gone that far, Lucky. Well, that's how That's how many third additions. I think I went through the ladder predictor and then realized I don't think it exists yet. You're obsessed. On, on the AFL. I was ready to do every single team, every single game to see the top eight. I don't think they have it yet. Or I don't know technology, which is also probably the case. True. Now, most improved. This maybe needs a bit of a why are they your most improved? Yep. But who is it? This is one I did the most research on. and was prepared to talk the longest about. Go. Ollie Hollands.
1: Okay. Why? Nineteen games last season. Yep. Two goals. That's a lot. That's got scope to improve. Yeah. I'm looking at this as where we kind of see this guy going. Mm. Big scope to improve. 14 disposals a game he averaged. His mm. highest was 22. Hot. Who did was you- it against? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Didn't have that. It was a good time. That'll happen a lot. Uh, yeah. But I could say that I could see that average being more like 18, 19. Yeah. Easily. Mm. That's a big improvement. How many running bounces did he have this season? Just the one. Correct. Isn't that weird? That's weird. I would have said two or three at least. Minimum. Minimum, exactly. Like I just feel like these little things. It's mm. like this, he's got so much scope to take mm. that next step. Um, and just lastly, just I mean, this isn't why I think It could be better, but he didn't finish in the top ten in the John Nichols last season. Why was that
0: for your hot take. Top ten B and F finish. I predicted it all this season. Added in. I'll keep that for the end of the Twice season. Splice it in. I like it. No, he's he's one way high on and exceeded expectations first season. A lot with his frame probably maybe not. Ha- didn't have him yeah. to play as many games as he did. Yeah, go even better this year. Let me guess, no. John Boyd. <laughs> no, it's Tom DeConing. I've, no, it is... I've got him as All-Australian. I've got him as All-Australian. So I think thing. that from where he is, and I did this last year where I think I had Chera as my most improved because I had him going from good to elite. Uh-huh. And that's probably where I see DeConing. I was tossing up between an, a, a, a cultural type, but I feel like he had that maybe jump yeah. last year where he's gone into the conversation. And so, yeah, I've gone the big, big leap of, hey, you were in the conversation for, is it you or Pito to, he's one of the best rucks in the, in the competition, not only Carlton. I like um, that So word. that's mine. Now, this is something I wanted to do because we always do leading goal kicker. I feel like that's boring, Lockie. It is boring. It's always yeah, Charlie Curno. Yeah. And you can say Harry Mackay, but you've got two guys I think we did say that from. last year. Yeah, way. we tried to do something different. Don't swerve. It's, it's just, We've got two guys you can probably pick it out of. Boring. That's not good. We've talked about the small forwards being hard to pick. Give me your non-key forward leading goal kicker for 2024. We've got the same again. Motlop. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. I like it. I, I
1: followed your formula yeah. from earlier.
0: I got him for 31, so I think that probably puts him just above it. Okay, so that's two of three that we've aligned on. This Let's see three. how many more we can do. John Nichols, medalist. Who's winning it? Three, two, one. Sam Walsh. Yeah, well, three or four. Beautiful. Okay. Uh, We may differ on this one potentially. Nah. Uh, Premiership. Nah. I think we will differ.
1: Three, two, one. Brisbane.
0: Brisbane. Oh, (laughs) Oh, that's not good. Not good for a Carlton podcast. Not good for our debut on Blue Abroad to say we're not winning the flag. We can win it. We will win the flag. But as we said, I think we could go a clean sweep here. By the way, it's a it's a three to five year window. We obviously can. I think we're maybe just one more year of final experience and then we'll win three in a row. But crazy things have happened. But yeah, I just think... We can do it. It's going to be hard because they have that home game advantage. Ashcroft coming in, Dude coming in. Yeah, it's... But they're going to start the season with a loss. Yeah. Well, downhill. We win round one. Our flag, not theirs. I like it. Wooden spoon. Three, two, one. West, West Coast. <laughs> yeah. Their list is just talk. Terrible. Yeah, they're not good. Don't need to talk about them too much. Okay, actually, I won't talk about them. But we did this last year. Mm. Do you have a smoky team that isn't them, North, or mm. I don't know that maybe drops down and has the sure. worst year ever? Do you have someone? Three, two, one. It. Oh, I don't have anyone. Oh, really? You no. Know, I Give me Richmond. Oh, I would have said Frio. Whoa, oh, really? I just, I with the coaching situation, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on him at the moment if they don't perform. Because they were like, they'll finals and they've dropped back. I worry mm. for them. It's not that I think their list is bad. It's more just they're in that weird spot of like, they don't know if they're a finals team or if they're rebuilding or what they're doing. They've lost a few players. That. They're that weird young area. I just I don't think they will. I want to say that right now. No, this is a ho- would, this is it would a surprise ho- me if if a team like that just all of a sudden went, "Oh, what the hell happened? It all crumbled, the coach went, it all blew up." Yeah. Yeah.
1: Richmond for me are just like mm. like, like if if Lynch gets injured, which he's even going to play, his foot's cooked, isn't it? What, yeah. I just don't understand
0: where that team's at at the moment. Yeah, that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. Uh Brownlow Medals, I think we'll be back on track Three, two, one. 2 Oh, really? I
1: don't, I don't think know. Walsh will win it, no.
0: Wow. Yeah, I don't know why. Mm. See, I finally put my Carlton lenses back on. Mm-hmm. I just think based off last end of last season, he's yep. now got the full preseason. Mm-hmm. What more does this man have to do if he plays every single game? I feel he's a known... That's what I wonder. I feel like he's a known polar. He That's just needs the full games. That's what I believe now. He's Now he's got the Garriere's medal... Yeah. In the back pocket. I think that's all that he needed. If he kicks a couple goals throughout the season, that's what he needs. We win a few more games. We don't have that patch of football where we dog shit for half a season and no one's getting a vote. He's healthy all year. Get the preseason. Mm-hmm. That's the extra for me. Whereas I don't know what Dakos can do apart from, I guess, you're not get injured in the end. So, or suspended, whatever the hell he did. I forgot last season. The weird part did for me, do you
1: know finish? how many votes he got this season?
0: Who Walsh couldn't tell you? Have a guess, could I have a ballpark? No,
1: no, no. just if you. <laughs> how think... many did the winner have, uh, 31,
0: 10, five. Yeah, no, he didn't have a great year. That's the thing, yeah. it was the back half of the year, particularly finals campaign, and that's why I'm bullish. I'm so bullish. to yeah. bias. They, he almost won a Brownlow a few years ago. Oh, he did! That'd Give be, him the yeah. season and a full proper actual preseason. As I will say about five times now. Hmm. I Which do. Is. I do have him as our. I think he <laughs> will be our leading go We would not. I is there is on no one. chance in hell we have the same common medalist. Oh, this is my, <laughs> this is my bold prediction. This is my bold prediction right here. It's not Sue, is it? Oh, you find <laughs> out. <laughs> Three, two, one. Ben Charlie Kerno. Yeah. See. Kerno's the obvious answer. My only thing is, and I said this earlier, I just think Kerno doesn't kick as many goals. And because of that, everyone else plays better. Harry kicks more, takes some off him. Mate, my small forwards have got to kick about 100 goals for me to get this stupid prediction right with all the injuries that are going to happen. It's true. I think that that just means instead of us kicking a ridiculous amount more goals than we kicked, They've got to come slightly off Charlie. We're a little less Kerno focused I'm looking at the list of who else is there. It's old blokes. Mm-hmm. It's a few that I like but play for crap teams and aren't going to win any games. I think Old Coast, I'm bullish. I think they're going to play finals football. Wow. Ben King seems like, the, I guess, the most more obvious around there. Honestly, it came up between him and Joey Danaher, so it was, it was Ben King because it's not Joey Danaher. I can't say I can't honor yeah. that. I'm not going to um, fight you on it, but yeah, you're I'm...
1: disrespecting big meat's role in this forward
0: <laughs> line. But yeah, I just no, it's fair, it's fair. Cool, you've I... taken your calf hat you...
1: off for the last. Question.
0: I'll ask you one last question on this. That's do great. you think we need, like, for the forward line to function for us to be better? Do you think it needs to be less goals off Charlie <laughs> for it to function, or do you think that he's still going to be able to kick that high amount of goals and everyone else lifts around him?
1: That's such a good question. Yeah. And I actually was thinking about it earlier today, and I think the answer is no, mm. because simply just because of where we got to this year. Yeah. How many goals did Charlie kick in the finals? He underperformed, mm. yeah. as people would say. Most if he tested marks, if he just did his normal output of goals, yeah, we might have won the flag. Mm. Yeah. No, I think it's it feels right. It feels good saying that things should be more yeah. balanced.
0: But also, he's gonna get the targets. And he's just so good. He doesn't wrinkles. need many, and he takes the marks. Why out couldn't of him. he be even better this oh, year? Let's give him. Let's give him three in a row. Why couldn't he be even better? We can. And that's he exciting. Look, that that's a great way <sighs> to end this episode. It's been a long one, but I hope you have enjoyed it. If you're listening in podcast form, even though we are part of Blue Broad now, it's gonna be in the same place. You don't have to worry at all. But if you want to watch it in video form. Head over to Blue Abroad. Like and subscribe if you haven't already. And if you're watching this live on Blue Abroad, thank you for joining us. We're going to be here every single Wednesday. It's going to be a lot of fun throughout the season. Let us know what you thought of our debut show. If you liked it, let us know. If you didn't, give us a bit of constructive feedback. What do you want to see more of? What didn't you enjoy? What did Lockie say that you absolutely hated? Let us know all of that in the comments below. But I've got to say, next week, it's gonna be a big episode. I've got to hype it up. Gotta give a bit more of those plugs, even though of course, right like at the end tradition, they're climb, right, right at right. the end when no one's everyone's already clicked off because I'm I'm talking way too much. But there's been a lot of conjecture about this episode topic, I think, throughout the offseason. I know Paolo, if he's watching, doesn't like it. Doesn't like the best 22. But we're gonna keep going with it. We're going to be doing the best 22, talking about the depth, going through it because I think there's some some value Mm. in talking about the best 22 because it isn't necessarily just these are the 22, they're the only ones that matter. This is the best jumping off point I find in talking about who do we rate higher than others, what blend do we want to see in the team, who's battling it out for the positions, and we can truly go through that, go through the depth chart and have that discussion about who plays Um, opening round. It's going to be exciting. Can't wait for it. Wednesday next week, 7pm. Thank you for joining us. At Navy Blue Corner is the social so you can like and follow us so you never miss anything. That is the place to be. Links in the show notes everywhere. We've been the Navy Blue Corner. Up the bloody baggers. See you guys next time.